You're listening to Like Nobody's Business, and I'm your host, Emily Castle. My clients call me a business strategist and leadership coach, but I'm also a published author, podcast host, and the founder of Woman Up. Since 2014, I've been helping women launch, scale, and lead sustainable, mission-driven businesses with intentional strategies that support the entire ecosystem of their work and life to thrive and regenerate again and again for the long haul while creating a category of one in their industries, innovating with purpose, and doing work that's deeply fulfilling. If you're a woman devoted to doing things differently, being disruptive in service of your mission, and you're ready to learn, grow, collaborate, cross-pollinate ideas, and work smarter alongside other women, founders, trailblazers, entrepreneurs, and business owners, you're in the right place. Welcome to the show and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be here today with my friend, Louise Rockers. She is from Denmark, but she currently lives in Charleston. And I can't wait for you to hear her story about her company, Nordic Cooking, and also how she ended up here in the US um, in a really beautiful love story. So Louise, so good to see you, my friend. Hi, Emily. I'm great. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you here and to um, be part of your foray into podcasting. <laughs> so fun. Right, right. It was so <laughs> brand new in my 2023, a little write down of what I wanted for the year. I was like, I think podcast is like coming for me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so this is one of many guys. Stay tuned. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> let's see. Let's see how we do today. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, so let's start this conversation because I think this is one of my favorite parts about your story. (laughs) How did you get here to Charleston? What brought you here to the States? Yeah, that's one of probably the most asked questions I get in my classes is like, why did you come to Charleston? If you Mm -hmm. were um, born and raised outside of something like Copenhagen, like why here? Um, but the truth is actually, I went to high school was that when I was 15 in, in St. Louis area, my parents, they shipped me off, told me that I had to go live with this incredible family in this big city, and I was going to love it. Um, and you know, you're 15, you just think Manhattan, right? That's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's going to be totally sex and city vibes. And I was uh, 15. So that was extremely inappropriate to even have that thought. I realized that. But anyways, I looked up St. Louis and saw the arch and the skyscrapers and we don't have those in Denmark. So I was very impressed by that. And sure enough, I did land in in St. Louis and uh, drove an hour and a half outside of St. Louis. And uh, (laughs) of course, (laughs) definitely, I saw St. Louis twice when I came and when I left. So anyways, I um, come to this little town in the middle of the cornfields and the soybeans and uh, lived, I think there's like a thousand people in New Baden, Illinois. It's a, it's a magical place, really. Everybody knows each other and it, it's, it does have a beautiful charm to it, but it was not St. Louis. Um, first day of high school, uh, coming from a European school, it's very different to walk into an American high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much how you see it. I felt like at least on movies, like, you know, everyone has their locker. We don't have lockers in, in Denmark. Um, the cafeteria, we don't ha- we don't eat like that. We just eat in our classrooms with our classmates. And um, so figuring all that out in the first day was 
pretty scary actually like where do you go sit like what an intimidating moment for any 15 year old to figure out and then you don't want to mess it up and sit at the wrong table am I right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but luckily for me that morning a guy in the parking lot had almost run me over with his uh Ford Mustang and uh (laughs) out of the car came this tall guy wearing his Leatherman jacket and again straight out of the movies right I see that jacket and I'm like I messed up because that's definitely somebody who's popular on the school because that's why he has the coat, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's how we see it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he almost runs me over uh, as he's crossing the parking lot. And of course, later that turns out to be Sean. Um, and I run in, I ran into the school. I was so mortified. I remember I was wearing this totally like blush pink outfit and my hair was dark like it is now. And uh, I was just, I wanted to hide in the bathrooms because he was oh. so handsome and he was about to actually, like, I, I thought, of course, his girlfriend's going to come out and be like, oh, no, 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 no. why are you stupid walking in front of cars? But he didn't have that going for him. So anyways, but he helped me out because I met his best friend and he was the one who told me like where to go sit and, you know, uh, they just kind of included me in everything. And, and we dated pretty quickly after uh, that little rundown situation. Well, after 10 months, I was, um, of course, supposed to go back to Denmark, which I did. And it was one of those very brutal scenes in the airport, you know, like you don't want to let go of each other's hands and crying. I think I cried the entire way to Europe. And then I finally passed out in the Amsterdam airport and like took my last flight back to Denmark. And I cried for for weeks and weeks. And my mom was finally like, we have to just fly Sean here just for like two weeks. So he came to Denmark and visited me for two weeks. And that was the end of it for then. So I start college, um, Sean's still finishing up high school. I mean, we go on with our lives. Back then we didn't really have, we had, you know, um, I think it was called MySpace was like a thing. Mm-hmm. It was yep. just coming. That's how old we are now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there was no Facebook, no nothing like that. So every time I would call him, it would be like $10 for a very short, less than a minute phone call. And of course, the first phone bill, my mom was furious. It's like, stop calling him. He's just some boyfriend. Just let it go. Wow, this is pre-Skype? Oh, we had Skype. But when you called between, um, yeah, you had to like pay for it. But then also we had the time difference and the quality was so bad. And we have to use a computer. Well, in my family, like we had one computer in the house. So it was like, I didn't want to talk to Sean in front of my entire family. Like, hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) No. So it was just difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. we can email, but you know, you're so young. So we kind of eventually just started you know living life dating other people and and, and life went on um and then later in life we are um you know both in very different settings you know fast forward probably 12 years uh and I realized like I was on my spiritual journey and like becoming you know who I am today I had quit my job where I was suffering from a pretty extreme burnout situation I had moved to Spain I had gone through so much healing um detox retreats all this to try and like heal my body I'm sure we'll hear we'll get into that a little later but Mm -hmm. um when you do all that work like learning how to heal yourself and feel yourself and all that I started realizing that Sean was a massive part of me still and I didn't really know what he was up to I had no idea so I uh, finally, you know, we connect and it just uh, added up. And for the first time, I think through those 12 years, we were both single, which is something that had never really happened before. Um, so I told Sean to come visit me in Spain and he did. And 
we have not been apart since like we got married really quickly after that. And it's one of those crazy things. My mom always told me the first love is always supposed to be like that, Louise. Like it's, it's one of those big loves and we all live through that. And then you find somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I used to, okay, it's mom. She's usually right. And now all I can say is mom was not right because he was the biggest love of my life and he still is. Mm. but yeah 12 years later now we have a baby together lived together here in Charleston but of course that's what brought me here mm-hmm. to America because he left St. Louis as well with me so we are here now in this wow okay so he was still in St. Louis you were living he in Spain. was yeah 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 and I actually just came to visit I had a uh I had a, a like a business in Spain running over there so I didn't necessarily mean to come and live here um, and my green card uh, situation got started and then I, I couldn't leave and um, I decided that it was just time to try and start a business here in Charleston. So we were here on vacation. I think it's the same story as probably 80% of Charleston. We were here on vacation and <laughs> loved it and like we want to live here, but it's just the sunshine for me. Like I, I just need more. I just need more light. Like it's very important for me and how I thrive mm-hmm. and we both thrive in it. Mm-hmm. Same. Wow. Okay. This is my favorite story of all time. <laughs> and thank you for sharing it. Of course. Um, I just, I have so many other questions for you around that, but okay. So from a business perspective, you had a business in Spain that was going well, mm-hmm. I assume, right? Like it was, yeah, it was good. It, mm-hmm. Definitely. And, yeah. And what was happening? Like, what were you doing in Spain at that time? I, so Whenever I came back, I think it's important to mention. So my background, I'm actually a child. Um, I worked in social services. I was a family advisor. I sat and worked with really heavy cases uh, when it came to uh, neglect in children, you know, um, domestic violence, um, you name it. It was it was really brutal uh, what I was working with. And at that time, I was only 25 years old and I you know, absorbed so much of it. I didn't think I did. I actually thought I was really good at distancing myself from my job. Um, But I think the more you hear and the more you're exposed to negativity in your daily life, the more you just, because we are a little bit like mirrors, right? Like we, we walk around, we, we kind of mirror ourselves and the people we have in front of us. And to make it even worse, I decided to pick up a different job at the same time. So I uh, started working at a shelter for, um, battered women and children so sometimes what I would do I would go to work at 8 a.m in the morning and then I would uh get off work at four and then I would go directly to the shelter and do an overnighter there uh, and then go back to work Uh, and I did all that I realized later as like a part of my escapism like I wanted to not feel I wanted to not realize like how unhappy I was and how um extremely dissatisfied I was with my life at that time but again you know you come straight out of college you're supposed to just like adapt into this platform that's new but whenever I had realized you know I have a pretty severe case of burnout here and I had made some changes and gone through the works and gone to Spain I realized that it was possible for me to work with children and families in a different way Um, So I started doing culinary classes for children and meal prep for families and host events in general um, that surrounded plant-based foods and how that works in children with ADHD and autism. um, And you you go on from there. Mm -hmm. Mm. Really fascinating. So your business in Spain at the time that you decided to move was like 
established and yes otherwise you would have had no reason to change anything about it or do anything no. differently and I didn't necessarily want to change anything about my business I was I was really happy with it but it was also sort of an outlet for me where I could become that creative chef I wanted to be I had mm-hmm. so much to learn so within that frame it was flexible I could work and create my hours how I wanted and then at the same time I could travel um, I was in Thailand quite a bit I was uh, spending time in, in other countries learning from different chefs like learning from different retreats even I went to and just like spiritual people I came across and then um, I was living with a holistic health coach who was teaching me everything about herbs and food. And I mean, I experienced it on my own body. I was very, very unhealthy when I came there. I drank way too much alcohol. Um, I ate terrible foods. I was not nourishing my soul and my body and it reflected in the work that I was doing. So once I started taking care of that, my business really started doing well. And I think it was because I really took care of myself at the same time. But as I was leaving, it was a good point leaving the business I was okay with it because I realized that if I took it over here I could I could do even more with it Mm. did you feel limited by like policies there or was there anything around that or you just felt like there was more opportunity if anything I feel like I'm more limited here uh, Mm. especially when it comes to working with children and like going out and saying like plant-based diet can help um, children with diagnoses like ADHD and uh, autism Mm -hmm. um but without a medical background and without, you know, having a bunch of titles uh, on my name, it's something I'm very careful with. Whereas in Europe, it's, it's not something you have to be just as careful with. Mm-hmm. Um, they trust that if you go out and say that this is something that works, then, you know, and they trust you, then they, they are more calm about it. So I do think here it's a little bit more strict but Mm. um we're working with the adults first now though so we are looking into opening kids classes up which I think will be great yeah amazing okay this is so interesting and then so when did you actually start Nordic cooking here in Charleston at the best possible time March 2020 (laughs) do you guys remember March 2020 (laughs) oh my god Um, I, whenever I got my green card, it was one of those moments where I went full on hunting for a job because I I was like, Mm -hmm. I need to get a job after I had not been able to work for over a year, which is the first time since I was 13 that I had not had a job. Um, and it was really challenging for me not having a job. And they are very strict about like, if you worked with people before, um, you can't volunteer as some thin with people. So I could work at an animal shelter if I wanted to, but I'm super allergic to dogs. So I was like, what are we going to do here? So I organized my whole house. It's never, it looked great. Um, <laughs> but when I was done with that, I really started getting bored. Um, so I looked hardcore for a job and I got this data entry job. And trust me, when I tell you this, I thought I was going to die. Like it was mm-hmm. just not for me. It was not my passion. Um, so come around January, 2020, we, we had started hearing about COVID, but I was like, it's not going to hit America. It's America. We have the, the, the Navy, the army, they're all going to be out there. Yeah. Cross, right. But <laughs> what <disease>. happened? <laughs> it came over. So of course I couldn't start doing my cooking classes in March. Like that was, I think we had, we had like one or two classes and then I realized, boom, we have to not do that. So I started, um, yeah, making food for people and, you know, delivering it. I remember standing in front of public selling sourdough for like $5 <laughs> and it took me like 72 hours to make a loaf, but wow. what we, we got to do what we got to do. 
So mm-hmm. I did. I did. And later, later on, of course, the cooking classes could come back. Uh, but till they did, we survived by making meal boxes, cakes, any food prep you could ever imagine. Like, um, and it worked out great because people were at home wanting to eat better, wanting to learn how to cook healthy foods. And um, the meal boxes were just great for that. So mm-hmm. it, I'm very grateful for those crates. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you were doing like meal boxes, like meal prep kind of yes. things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every week we would announce a menu and that would be what, what was in the box for that weekend. So it was just like a weekend's worth of food, basically, um, that you would get in this crate and everything was cooked by hand by me uh, in a little tiny kitchen on Daniel Island. And that was just, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to start it all. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Charleston has been an amazing place to start a business. I feel like people here are very, very kind, very helpful. Um, it was not at all like it was starting a business in Europe. It's much mm-hmm. more cutthroat over there. It's much more like they're not as willing to lift people and help them with their businesses as they are here for sure. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, Why do you that's think small that business. is? I think it's it's land of the free, you know, like the, the people like to see people succeed in something where I do think we at home in Denmark we have something called the law of yende and it basically is an attraction law that works this way it's 10 rules Hmm. Uh, don't think you're more than me don't think you can do more than me don't think your wife is better than mine and it goes on like that and it's a way to humble people and kind of balance them down bring them down to earth Um, however whenever you do have success or you get that promotion at your job. It's very common that you'll do this. You'll say, you'll come home and you say, I got a promotion today at work. And everyone's like, oh, great. But then you're supposed to kind of pull it back down and say, yeah, but I got a new desk. And like, I'm sitting with some people that I don't know. And I'm, I, I think they might mm. be a little weird or say like, but I'm right next to the bathrooms and they smell. And like, you know, you see how you came home and you were really up high and then you leveled it out. Um, and I think my culture, we do that a lot. We like, mm. can't be too proud of what we do, but yet, you know, we, we still level it down it's very hard to start a business in that environment whereas here it's so much about like help small businesses succeed like they realize too that you know every time you buy a class from me a cooking class from me like you help me put food on the table for my family like Mm -hmm. it's literally that simple you know it's not complicated it's support small businesses because they they don't have any funding coming through it's not a big corporation and I do think the understanding here is a lot better um, for that. Hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I've never owned a business in another country personally. (laughs) I've traveled to a lot of other countries, but I haven't owned a business elsewhere. So I think that's really an interesting observation and perspective about what it looks like to be doing things here in the U S versus anywhere else. You Um, are currently working on a cookbook behind the scenes. You've also got oh, these cooking yeah. classes back in action that we talked about um, pre-COVID and now post, post-COVID. post Can we say that? Yeah. I don't know. We say, <laughs> with, <laughs> with COVID, think, dealing yeah. with COVID, integrating COVID. I don't know. I don't um, know how to phrase COVID. COVID is a wild phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've also got, you were in 
you were featured in Charleston Wine and Food Festival last year. And now Mm -hmm. this coming year in 2023, you are featured in opening night, one of 35 local food businesses, whether it's like restaurants or other. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So amazing. Thank you. What are you loving most about what's happening in your business right now? Because I feel like there's so many things now that you're playing with. And I know you and I, I'm not going to spill the tea, but I know you and I are chatting about some fun ideas and collaborations and things coming up. So I know you've got things on the horizon and lots of ideas. Yeah. So this, uh, well, I mean, I think what I love the most right now is the community that's happening around like Nordic cooking. And um, I mean, it's, I'm starting to see like, it's sort of like a family that's building around my, my company. And it's sort of our company, I feel like, because everybody kind of takes ownership into it and helps us create it to what it is today. And um, I couldn't do it without all the clients that keep showing up for the classes. And I feel like too, that one thing that started to happen is there's such a sense of wanting to live better and wanting to do more for themselves and wanting to just overall have better health. Um, so for someone like me, who's gone through, you know, uh, honestly, like being super, super sick from parasites and having to go through like a a massive healing journey. Um, I'm so happy that I get to share that with the people who walk through my doors. But on top of that, I feel like doors are just opening to a lot of other things. Um, we love doing our events and catering. I'm obsessed with presentation. That's where like people ask me, why Nordic cooking? Why that name? Um, and the Nordic cuisine and especially the new Nordic cuisine is all about presentation. It's about textures, flavors, all this. Um, and one thing, if you go on our Instagram, you will see like we care a lot about how we present the food. Um, most of my clients, they are like, my, my guests did not know it was plant-based and that's what we're aiming for. So mm. the movement around plant-based is one thing, of course, but the community we're building, that is unlike anything else. It's really cool. <laughs> I can really see that and also appreciate that and relate to that feeling of like, it's really about the people that oh, we're yeah. serving. And it's just, that's what makes it so sweet, you know? Yeah, for sure. If it wasn't for, for, for them, I mean, they give me the, the fire and the passion to learn more. And like every year I go study with a different chef and I'm going away uh, as well in May, June, that range mm. um, to go study with some chefs back home. And like, I want to keep learning as well. Um, and they just keep inspiring me to go that way. They keep bringing me all these like interesting, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases. They're like, what could I eat? Mm. And I was like, I'm not a nutritionist, but I know the perfect one. And then we've actually decided to fly Natasha over here in August. Um, my, the girl I lived with, because there's just so much happening with our Mm. bodies and like the way we view health. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm excited to introduce my clients to that part of us as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so exciting I can't wait yeah, um, I know you gotta be I there know, I know I will be let me know <laughs> I will for sure, mark for the sure. Date off. hey love it's me Emily I'm interrupting this conversation to let you know about the woman up community membership because I'm absolutely obsessed with it and I'm pretty sure you will be too once you understand all that's available to you inside this membership So inside our annual membership community for female founders devoted to doing things differently, we have a monthly schedule of virtual events exclusively for members, including a deep dive training on a relevant topic for your business and leadership development with me, a helpful tool or tutorial or template to help you streamline the backend systems in your business, a virtual members 
happy hour together socially with fellow disruptors from across the globe who you wouldn't meet otherwise, mini trainings from members on their areas of expertise so you can learn from each other, and so much more. We are constantly adding features and tweaking things to make sure that this is the best possible experience for you and responding to what our members need in order to create new features and opportunities to collaborate and connect with one another. Plus, if you live locally to Charleston or you'd like to come visit, members get first access to in-person meetups and special members-only events like our Intimate Disruptor Dinner series. We also have a super active and engaged community where questions are being answered, solutions are being generated, challenges are being solved, aha moments are taking place, ideas are coming into form, collaborations and referrals are happening, members are hiring each other, and opportunities are endless between you and other members in both business and beyond. Our streamlined all-in-one platform makes keeping up with the latest events and conversations and your requests for support so easy and fun to use. You can even download an app to use on your phone or you can access via a desktop version. Um, It's really, really amazing. And this is a change that we've made in the start of 2023. So this is new and really exciting. You can even post in our new VA on-demand space inside the membership to get access to hourly work from vetted, professional, highly qualified virtual assistants who are ready and available to support you with getting items off of your to-do list, moving projects forward, and staying on track in your business without having to go through the interview process to make a new hire or take on a recurring investment in your business to be able to hire a VA on a consistent, ongoing basis, which is fantastic and something I've never seen done before, but we are pioneering it in partnership with one of our members who owns an amazing VA and OBM agency called Her. It's not uncommon for members to make back their investment almost immediately upon joining when they truly lean into all the support available inside this membership community. Whether you're looking for a referral or something for something in your business or you're excited to be more consistent in your action, or you're just looking to connect with a vibrant community of fellow multidimensional and dynamic leaders, this experience is for you no matter what season of business you may find yourself in. I've never personally identified as a membership person, but this virtual community is so much more than a typical membership program. It's really a space for innovation, inspiration, intuition, and intentionality to be amplified amongst the most amazing women I've known on the internet. I genuinely get so excited when I see messages come through in our circle community, even though I had no idea how to use this or (laughs) what platforms existed to create the experience that I envisioned and needed when I was in the earlier stages of my business and even now to connect with the right people and resources and tools that really help move things forward on a consistent basis. So if you haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? I promise you'll feel right at home, welcomed in with open arms, and really nourished by all the support available to you immediately upon joining us. And as a podcast listener, you're invited to join us inside the Women Up community and save an additional 15% off our annual membership. This is a big deal. When you enter the code podcast at checkout, you can head to womanup.co slash membership. We've also linked it in the show notes for you, wherever you're listening to this conversation to learn more and get all the details and see everything that I shared with you laid out visually. I can't wait to see you and support you inside our community so we can navigate the nuance of entrepreneurship and the inevitabilities of evolution with more ease together.
now back to the show. Um, I know that you are really passionate about creating better health for obviously people's bodies and our own nutrition through plant-based eating and plant-based lifestyle. And I also know that sustainability is a key core value of yours and something that you and I connect on and relate around. And I know that there's parts of that and that concept of sustainability and well-being and health that stretch beyond like our own individual selves, our own bodies and really branch Mm -hmm. into family life that really branch into like the well-being of our environment and our ecosystems. I'd love to hear your take on that interconnectedness and, and why that's so important to you. Okay, so first of all, I grew up in a country that's all about how to recycle, how to utilize what we have, how to, you know, try and really do something about the global warming, you know, Mm -hmm. how can we actually actively uh, do something today? We have every household have like seven trash cans where you like trash sorting is out of control, wild and detail. Um, We burn our trash to heat our houses. We use energy from the wind turbines we I mean they're like wave energy like we have these big engines in the water that basically like from the waves from the current basically creates um energy as well electricity Mm. so there's just so much going on back home but that's one part of it then I feel like in the Danish household there's another form of sustainability and it's a family sustainability we come together every night sit around the dinner table we communicate, we talk, we, you know, we really have that togetherness. And there's a lot of time spent around that table together, even in the mornings, we breakfast together, like, regardless of how busy our schedules are, we always meet around that table. It's almost like, it is so sacred that in most families, like if you ever came to someone's house and they're like, well, we don't eat dinner together or we'll just eat whenever people come home, you would really think like this family is odd, like something, this is weird. And I learned that here in the US, that's actually pretty common, like that families because of sports schedules and stuff that it's hard to combine like the dinner times. Um, so so I see I see that part of it, but growing up, that was a huge part of it. And I feel like that was super sustainable because our family uh, learned how to, to communicate and be together. And like you had that family uh, sustainability as well, right? So the dynamic there was functioning. Well, outside of that, um, there is another element and it's definitely like the farm to table style, like how we eat. We have a zero waste policy where we try and just, you know, limit waste at all costs. So even at supermarkets, you don't see very much plastic. Um, and even if you want to buy a plastic bag, it's like a hard, like a heavy duty and you have to buy it. Um, and it's like a dollar or $2 right now to buy that. So you bring your own bag because nobody wants to pay for a plastic bag. Imagine, imagine going to Walmart, having to pay $2 for each bag you get, like you would be ruined, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so I feel like that sustainability perspective for me, whenever, you know, it's such a big part for me growing up, there's even in my business, there's also sustainability, right? Everything has to be connected. Like my employees have to feel happy and good and feel fueled and passionate. And, you know, they also have to get paid so they have a, um, you know, a financially sustainability as well. So there's just so much to the word sustainability that I find important. And it's not just about the environment. It's about 
how you do family. It's about how you do your money. It's about how you do your business. It's about how you're a wife, how you're a mom, how you're a husband, like all of that matters. So overall, like the ecosystem is in many areas in our lives. Um, and it's something that I really bring to the table in my cooking classes, but it's something that I could really hope, like if we just talk about like environmental stuff, like I definitely do hope that with our small initiatives and like little things that we do that we can inspire people to be a little bit better with the environment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we know that going plant-based is one of the bigger ones. So if it's just one day a week, we could maybe do a difference there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think I was reading your website also, and I know that you, when you do catering events or when you cater events <laughs> that one of the primary things that you do is really kind of implement those sustainability pieces, yeah. right? Like I, uh -huh. when I think about you and the way that you display your food and present it, it's not only beautiful, but it's also like big boards, not yeah. like individual, you know, like beautifully presented, but also in a really sustainable, like low waste or zero waste. Right. Way. We never do like a aluminum, aluminum foil trays. stuff. Like we just really do try and keep it low waste. And then also it is unique to use nature to present food on. So I would say mm -hmm. like wood or clay is probably my biggest two serving options uh if you are coming uh to um you know creative mornings like when this comes out that has passed but we um are serving everything on wood and clay so it's it's a huge part of you know implementing nature into uh, what we eat and I do think it has a psychological effect that we feel connected to nature um when we nourish ourselves and our body system yeah mm, I love that and that's so true and I now that you say that I'm like oh yeah that is what you do. You have these yeah. little like wooden bowls. Like I have a lot of bowl things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're so great. I think my husband said to me one time, he's like, you have a problem with bowls. And I really do. <laughs> like I, my, my closet down, well, my uh, cabinets downstairs, like I have one just designated for bowls. And I'm like, yeah, I know this is absolutely, but you know, the cute ones. And then there's like, Oh, you know, so I had yeah. to buy him. Yeah. <laughs> All the clay fell into the card. I don't know what to tell you. But it's like, imagine this, right? There's this situation. You're drinking a cup of tea and you're drinking that cup of tea in your car out of like a Yeti, right? Mm -hmm. And then there is the moment where you're sitting outside in like the woods or your garden, like a, outside in nature, and you're drinking a cup of, cup of tea from like a clay mug that's handmade. It's two different cups of tea. Like it might be the same bag of tea in there, but what it does to you is different, right? Totally. It's a totally different vibe and it's totally different how it heals you and fills you up. And I think that with food as well, like we shouldn't eat in front of the TV. Like you need to use food as a way to like connect with people um, mm -hmm. and, and yourself even like connect with yourself through food is extremely important. I think a lot of us have like an emotional, emotionally imbalance when it comes to food. Like we eat if we're bored, we eat if we um, feel stressed. Like there can be so many reasons why we sometimes just snack. And I think if we can bring like the pace down a little bit when we eat, then we'll realize that that's very unnecessary and we can connect with nature through that and even ourselves out a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm, totally yeah. makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah. There is a big difference, like such a great example that you gave about like a cup of tea and a Yeti or a cup of tea 
in a clay mug sitting outside in your garden or something, you know, it's just such a different experience. And I think it's interesting how those little micro changes often make the biggest difference in every way. Like it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And that's what I realized when I changed my life, I was like, I didn't know that nature could do that for me. I, I, I thought material stuff could do that for me, Mm. but I learned that buying a new pair of shoes is not going to make me as happy, um, maybe in the moment, but long-term won't make me as happy as walking uh, the trails on Daly Island and getting some fresh air and being next to the water and seeing the palm trees. Like it's just Mm -hmm. different healing. And I I spend a lot of time healing with materials instead of healing with, with food and nature. Um, Mm. So it's something I hope to pass on to people through my classes because it's so important to me. Um, and I hope it works for others as well. Mm-hmm. Why, what is it that you most love about your cooking classes that you lead people through? It's so unique, the people we pull through, Emily. Like we get the most amazing combinations. Sometimes like I will stand there and just be like, wow, this is magical. We'll have, I actually, one of my favorite moment, moments in my cooking class with this um, it was a lady that came in in her fifties and she'd been vegan her entire life. And she was telling me how nobody in her network or friend groups or family really supported her being vegan. And it was always those comments like, why don't you eat meat or whatever. And she finally was like, I just need some inspiration to like learn how to cook some new meals. And she thought our cooking class would be really cool. Well, she came in just on the right, I don't know, it was the right group. She met three other women just around actually her age and they all kind of had the same story. And Mm. today they literally like, they come to all the classes together. They request like four spots every time for them together. Um, She made friends for life like that. And, you know, that really moved me because I know how lonely it can be if you can't like eat a certain way. And for some reason that puts us into a group. I don't know why. Um, but it should be totally okay to eat whatever makes you feel good, uh, whether it's allergies or preference, it doesn't really matter. Um, so for me, that was just so magical that we could bring those people together and like give her a space where she could find community. Um, so that's of course one thing, but then also the classes are just fun. Like you've participated in a couple, mm-hmm. you've seen it. Um, we're just all about having a good time and, and 85 to 90% of my clients are not plant-based at all. They just really enjoy, um, trying something else. And it's a good little date night for friends or for yourself or for your partner. Mm -hmm. It is such a novel experience too, because I think one, like learning a new skill together with whoever you're going with, if it's a friend or a partner or whomever, a family member, is such a bonding experience, but then also like, we don't have a ton of specifically solely plant-based restaurants here. No, Charleston is limited on that. Yeah. Which is kind of great for you because it's (laughs) it's like, great, let's go have this like novel experience versus go to the same restaurant and order the same things and like probably just stay in our own like zone of comfort and preference versus branch out and try things that you probably wouldn't even 
think to and that's the like reaction that we get the most actually like it's mm-hmm. usually and this is very stereotypical of me to say this but it's usually the wives like dragging their husbands in to like do a cooking class like come on it'll be fun and then they're like it's plant-based like they don't you know, mm-hmm. you know and then it's always the the guys when they leave that's like I had no idea and if I could eat like that I would eat like that every day and yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's why we do it. We really do try and like the recipes we're using are friendly towards people who, um, you know, probably wouldn't love, you know, a vegan meal or like have the the feeling that they wouldn't. Um, so we do try and cater to any taste, but I, mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee that no matter how piggy you are, you will eat my food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how does Sean, like, so when you and Sean reconnected, was he plant-based I'm assuming absolutely not not. no 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 (laughs) he wasn't he's a very open-minded soul he's an athlete so for him it's all about um what makes my body perform even better and I told him I remember I actually think Emily said something like this and it's so so bad it's like check out my Instagram before you commit to this <laughs> like, maybe if he sees that I just like eat fruits all day he'll be like I can't do that he's like that looks exciting I'm, I'm so looking forward to trying it but whenever we reconnected he was still a big milk drinker and you know meat eater and he came when he came to Spain like he went plant-based for 14 days and he was like I think when he left he even had like that oh, okay. Like I could do that. But also where I was living, I was living in Marbella, Spain. I mean, Marbella is like the Mecca for this. Like it's Mm. the restaurants are all about plant-based foods. It's like next level, next level. It's almost like the LA of of Europe. Um, Mm. So you can find all kinds of foods there. It's, it's pretty amazing. So if you ever are looking to go to Europe, Marbella, highly recommend if you are looking for that kind of vacation. Um, (laughs) And then when he came back, one thing he just called me, he's like, I can't believe, like, I just went and played basketball and I could jump higher. I ran faster. I had more energy than ever. Um, so he's like, I definitely think I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and ditch the milk. That was his first. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, we'll try that. And then slowly, but surely, I mean, now he's fully plant-based and I mean, he's six, seven beast. Like he, he yeah, definitely like doesn't guy. Look- he's huge like he doesn't look like a guy that doesn't eat meat or um you know like Mm -hmm. the stereotype again you know whey protein powder and all that like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know that he's plant-based unless you you definitely asked him but he'll be happy to tell you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he would um he's my best example but we also watch game changers the um, it's like a, a little a little um movie on a documentary on netflix and it's all about you know showing athletes performances like plant-based versus non-plant-based so Mm -hmm. that that one changed a lot for him Mm. the power of a good documentary oh i know (laughs) to change behavior i I feel like it's so convincing it's great (laughs) it really is really is you recently had a baby, which is amazing yeah. and changed everything probably in your business yeah. in a lot of ways and adapted mm-hmm. other things and things have evolved since then. And wondering if there's anything that you feel to share with people who might be thinking, oh my God, mm-hmm. I am pregnant or I want to be. And how does that work yeah. with my business the way that it is? And how do I make space for that? And is everything going to fall apart? And what's the, what do I do? Right. 
Definitely. I'd love to share that because it's been probably the most painful growing experience I've had in my entire life was becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. I have always worked with children. I was the oldest in my family. I have cousins that are all younger than me. I love kids. I adore them, but nothing is like having your own. And it rocked my world completely. And I was in sh- complete shock because I was 31, uh, <laughs> 31. Uh, when I uh, had him and I honestly had had 31 years to myself and then all of a sudden I had to share it with this little blob Um, and as much as I loved him it was also no sleep and you know it was just very brutal for us we had a little bit of a tough sleep baby but um, it was pretty brutal in the beginning for me to adjust to this like oh, now I'm a mom, but I'm also a business owner. But my best advice there was, and I was so grateful for this. I had set up the best team before I gave birth. I literally had put together my favorite people and I had like delegated all of the things that I was super uh, into doing myself. But I was like, you are going to be in charge of my catering and you're going to be doing all of this and you're not going to call you're not going to do it you know of course if you need Mm -hmm. you know something you can call but I expect you to take care of this I had a personal assistant who was just kick-ass you know um I was like you're you're a pit bull now like you're you're gonna take (laughs) care of this like you're gonna do it um Mm -hmm. and and she totally stepped up her game um and then, you know, I had other people, uh, like a graphic designer too, around behind the scenes. I had Suze, my photographer, um, who's also just a really close friend. And, um, but they really just took care of the business whenever I was like trying to settle into my role. So one good tip is find that team. I know it's an investment to hire people on, but nothing will ever pay out more than that. Because right now what has happened is that they still have those roles. And when I came back, when I started sleeping, when I started getting ready to go back, I was healed and a mom and loving my life again like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They kept their roles, but then I elevated what I was doing. And all of a sudden I was starting to make more money for my business than I had ever been able to do before because I had to take care of all those things that they were, you know, they're doing now. I used to do all that myself. Um, So my best probably tip is that short temporary investment will really pay out in the long run because you can just put that energy uh, back into the business but in new areas for sure Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. the best thing I did Um, and then I think also now how has it changed the business I'm more passionate than I've ever been before because now Mm -hmm. I really have something to work for, right? My name is now also his name and I want him to see a successful woman and, you know, a passionate person about her career because I know that kids just look at us and they do the same thing. So I'm very passionate about it. And I'm also passionate about protecting the world that he's going to grow up in. So hopefully by doing what I do, it will give the plan a little bit longer. Uh, who knows who knows it might not even have the biggest effect but we will try <laughs> yeah the best we can do is try you know yeah we know the outcome but absolutely exactly mm-hmm. hmm. oh my gosh I could talk to you forever I feel like I we know. covered a lot in this time together though so that's so I kind of want to reach out like that and like hug your I know. little face but I can't and also we're like matchy matchy a little bit and like we the patterns do. and stuff yeah we do have a similar yeah. pattern 
I know. It makes we, sense. It's almost like we talked about it, but we didn't. Oh, <laughs> we did not. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I, uh, I do, I do want to say uh, here on the end of things that if anyone out there, um, new mom trying to run a business and it feels overwhelming, um, you are always more than welcome to reach out to me on my Instagram, and uh, I would be happy to give you um, some of my tips and like help you get through where you are right now. If that's something that would be helpful. Uh, if you're a local, I would love a coffee and a walk. I have found out <laughs> that building a mom community is very important. And that was my uh, biggest learning experience was that it was not just about building community in my business. It was also building mm. community as a mom. So that yeah. is huge. Amazing. That is such a generous, kind offer. So speaking of Instagram, where can everybody they find you on Instagram at Nordic underscore. Is it underscore in English? Mm-hmm. I think it is yeah. underscore cooking. Yes. So Nordic cooking on Instagram, but with a little underscore in between. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then your website, is it nordiccooking.com? It's nordic-cooking.com. Uh-huh. That's where you'll be able to see all of the cooking classes and you'll be able to read a little bit more about my story. Um, if you do come to one of my classes, uh, we do offer $20 off uh, by using Welcome 20. So if anyone mm. would like to come, I would love to see you there. And of course, if you're coming, please tell me that it was because you listened to this amazing podcast. Yay. I love it. Um, also check out Louise. If you're in Charleston or coming to Charleston for Charleston wine and food, what is the date of March 1st, March 1st. 1st. And right now all the tickets are sold out for opening night, but if you go on the wait list, it's very possible to get a ticket. No problem. Yay. Okay, great. Or if you already have a ticket, yeah. make sure you stop well, it. <laughs> make sure you come by and see us because we are working with the most insane ingredients this year, um, mm. like truffles. We're going to be working with those in a very new way. And, I, and I'm overall just super excited. Sounds amazing. Um, and then keep an eye out for upcoming collabs between us and Yay. cookbooks and all the other things. Louise and Emily. It sounds like a great combination. I know. Right. I think it does. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. All righty. Thank you everybody for listening. And thank you, Louise, for joining. Um, Have an amazing day and I will see you here for the next episode next week. Bye loves. Keep your mind wide open, keep your soul aligned, you've got all the answers waiting there inside, you're not alone, take a throne. so much for tuning into today's episode of like nobody's business so what did you think i hope you found this episode absolutely enlivening if you loved it i'd be so so grateful if you'd help me spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or a loved one you know would feel supported and encouraged by this too be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss an episode It's also infinitely helpful to me and to my team if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast so that other trailblazers like you can find this resource, know it exists, and step out of struggle and into more ease. 
Thanks so much for sharing your time with me today and for taking this space to receive nourishment for your greatest vision. And in case no one told you this today, you are wildly brilliant, beautifully wise, and radically trustworthy. Keep shining your light so that all of those who need what you're here to share with our world can see, feel, and experience your unique medicine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Like nobody's business